All right, good morning, everybody. Wow, what a great song. He reigns above it all, especially in times like this. Look around, give someone an air high five around you. If you make the noise, it makes it more personal, even though you're six feet away. Thank you guys so much for coming this morning. So this is the dedicated crew, huh? On the 5th of July at 9 a.m., wearing masks. This is what it's about right here, man. This is, this is it. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for coming. Um, if you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Jason Trent. I'm the student ministries director here at Beaches Chapel. And um, I'm privileged this morning. Um, James has given me the privilege to continue with the armor of God. So if you woke up this morning and you were like barely dragged yourself out of church and you're, or out of bed and you're like, all right, at least I got to get there to hear James talk about the shield of faith. Surprise! It's me! It's not James this morning. So, it's like we're going to keep going, and I'm glad that you made it here this morning. So, like I said, we've been going through the armor of God, and uh, it's been a great series. Uh, man, whether you're the first day walking into a church or you've been following God your whole life, there's never a bad time to look at the armor of God and, and to what it says and how to use it, and, and what not a better time than the times we have going on right now. Like, I don't have to tell you guys, like, it is craziness right now. Like, you, you can't turn on anything. You can't open social media. You can't turn on the radio. You can't turn on the TV. You can't do anything without hearing, like, craziness going on in this world. And, man, singing this morning, you reign above it all. I mean, that was, like, that was it. I was like, that. That's the answer to everything. You guys could go home right now. You got what you got. God reigns over it all. Don't worry. But today we're going to keep going on into Ephesians 6.10. And um, James did a great job talking about the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the readiness of peace. And today we're going to move on to the next one, which is the shield of faith. And I'm so honored uh, that I get to talk about that. So before we do, I want to say a quick prayer, so we bow your head with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this amazing opportunity to dig deep into the Bible and to see what you say that we should live, how we should live our lives. Lord, speak through me. Open the hearts of everyone in here to get a fresh take on this and to see this from a new way and to apply it to their life. We pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, so we're going to back it up just a tad, okay? We're going to back up to verse 10, all right? So Ephesians 6, 10. If you have a phone app or you have an actual Bible, you go ahead and turn to Ephesians 6, okay? So Ephesians, New Testament. Um, the app is real easy. You can just type it out. Um, I always tell the students when we're doing our student services, whenever we bring up a verse, I always say screenshot it on your phone. And the reason why, and I say this every single time, because we all can do this tip and trick, is when you're scrolling through your photos and you're like, oh, Johnny's birthday party, Susie's graduation, and you keep going like, oh, Ephesians 6, I totally forgot that Jason talked about that, I'm going to apply that to my life in this moment, and now you've looked at it twice, which for some of us is double the amount than we even looked at it from the beginning. So go ahead and take a screenshot, put it in your camera roll, and it'll remind you, armor of God, we need to apply it. So in verse 10, hopefully everyone's there by now. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Okay, I like to like stop in between verses. So I'm going to do that here real quick. Okay, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He says, be strong. Sometimes we just kind of glaze past that. Be strong. 
He doesn't say like barely get by or just barely make it or hang on by a thread or, you know, limp your way through it. He says be strong. That's how he starts out all of this, giving us a command on what to be. We all understand what it means to be strong, but some of us don't live that way. And why don't we, right? Sometimes we overcomplicate it, right? All of this is about being strong and being strong through him. And once we learn that it's not about our own strength and what we can muster up and conjure from within, and we realize that it comes from God, now all of a sudden we're more able to be strong in these situations. Verse 11, it goes on to say, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Okay? Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. The devil is a schemer. Does anyone ever known a schemer in their life? You can't trust them. They're always doing something below the surface of what they look like, right? Deception, a big tactic in deception is to appear weak where you're strong and appear strong where you're weak. It's like strategic 101, right? And so the devil will use these schemes to trick you. He's not going to just come out and be like, this is, this is what, how I'm trying to get you, right? A lot of times we don't like to talk about the, the, the devil and the evil, but this verse clearly says that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Sometimes it feels like against flesh and blood because we're looking at a person that's six feet away from us and we're like, wow, I'm struggling with this person. But we have to remind ourselves, that's not our struggle. And the devil is sneaky. He tricks you. What appears to be happening, there's more, right? Some of us, you know, will kind of convince ourselves, well, you know, I'm actually a pretty strong person when it comes to this area of, of life, right? I can, I can go to this place and not drink too much, or I can hang out at this person's house and not kind of do the things that they do, or I can hang out with this friend and not pick up on their habits and their phrases and their way of doing things and believing things. That's a trick. And if you're someone who has struggled with that stuff in the past, that's a trick. He'll make you think, yeah, you're strong enough, just go. You can go hang out at that bar. You know everybody there. You've done it before, right? It's a trick. It's a trick, and you can't, you have to be able to see through it. And it's not as straightforward as it always seems. You have to always be on guard, which is why each piece of this armor and the metaphor that it uses in our relationship with God is vitally important with our walk with God. Okay, so does this mean walk around scared all the time? Like, oh, looking over your shoulder? No, that's not what it means. It's actually the opposite. If you're aware of it and you're confident and you know what's coming, you can walk around a little bit taller knowing that you can handle what's happening. It's the opposite of that. All right, we continue in verse 13. He says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Okay, see, I think it's interesting here that he says, like, stand your ground. Right, when he's talking about the, when evil comes, now we're not talking about skipping and leaping amongst the hills right now. This is standing. Like, this is like bear in, get balanced, get your center of gravity, and get prepared to keep your feet under you. Okay? It's not, it's, it's not you know, we, t- I talk, we talked about David in the last couple of weeks in our salt services, and we talked about how David was a fighter. When Goliath was coming, when Goliath was, and James talked about it last week, when Goliath was coming toward David, David charged Goliath. 
right? When David came back to his camp after being turned away from the Philistines to try to fight with them because he was, wasn't welcome anywhere, he came back to his camp and the Amalekites had come and wiped out his entire city and taken everyone in their city. He was a fighter. His own men wanted to kill him. His own men said, David, this is your fault. Leading 400 men, going from cave to cave. He's a fighter. He said, you know what? We're going to get those people back. And that's exactly what they did. He said his strength was in the Lord, and he went and got those people back. That's a fighter. When we're talking about this, we're talking about when evil comes, we're talking about standing, keeping your ground. So we have to learn to do that. We have to understand that it's important to keep your ground. Okay? So we're now moving into the shield of faith, right? How does the shield of faith pertain to this? Okay, in verse 16, it says, In addition to all of this, it says the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes of readiness of peace. He says, in addition to those things, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Like, I'm going to read this again because there actually is a lot in verse 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Okay, so we're seeing this theme of armor to a biblical principle, right? And so here we have the shield with faith, okay? So before we can even figure all that out, well, you know, what is faith? You know, we have to make sure we have clearly understand what faith is, right? Well, the Bible in Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. That's faith defined. Confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. See, confidence is a strong word here. Like, I like the NIV version because it uses confidence, right? Confidence is strong, and confidence comes from within. To some people, confidence is just getting up, putting their head up high, putting one foot in front of the other. That's confidence for some people. To some people, it's knowing what you've come through, what you've overcome, what you've seen has now makes you a confident person, right? With insecure people, insecure people view confidence as arrogance. And it goes both ways. Some arrogant people think they're confident, and some insecure people think confidence is arrogance. So you have to check, we have to know who we are. We have to know who we are in God so that we can truly be confident. I'm not going to lie, I mean, this is just me, but I think faith is the hardest part about being a Christian, okay? Now, you have to understand the term Christian wasn't even used forever, right? Until Antioch, they were, they were called believers, like believers, like that, they, they believed, that's faith, right? Now we're Christians, what we self-identify as. Keeping the Ten Commandments, that's, that's really not that hard. I mean, half of them are laws that you can't break, right? So it's like the Ten Commandments part, that, that part's like, okay, it's, it's the believing. It's the confidence in what we hope for, knowing that it's going to happen. It's the assurance in things that we cannot see. The Bible even talks about, Jesus tells Doubting Thomas, blessed are those that believe and did not see. There's a special blessing for those people. Thomas, Thomas couldn't believe it. He said, Jesus, I got I to gotta see. I got to touch you. I got to touch the spear hole in your side to believe. If you don't take anything out of here, just know if you're new to your walk with God and you're just starting it and you're trying to figure out 
how to do this the right way. You're not a follower of Christ or a Christian because you can follow rules. That's not what it's about. It's about having faith. That's the real thing that makes you a follower of Christ. It's believing that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. A true confidence in standing on that is faith. Okay, not about how many rules you can keep. So, interesting that, it's interesting here that, that God used, or that uh, the, the writer's using uh, a shield for faith, right? Um, shields, you know, you gotta think about these times, like everyone, I mean, this, this is a warring time. There was, they went to war all the time. I mean, every male was trained to be a fighter at some point. I mean, everyone was pretty familiar with a shield. You know, nowadays, we, I mean, we know what a shield is, but I mean, people in this time, were like knew how to use shields, like effectively, right? They're a two-way weapon, like a sword, but the focus on the shield is, is defense, right? And the shield, right, it would be, you know, in your off hand. So if you're right-handed, it would be in your off hand. And you'd square up with it almost like a jab. If you're familiar with boxing, you know, you keep your jab hand in front to keep distance. And, you know, and you keep your primary hand for a counterattack, right? That's how shields work. They're in your off hand, but you only get two arms, so it's pretty important you know how to use your arms when you're fighting for your life, right? So shields were very, very important. Defense was very, very important. There's a famous saying in sports that offense sells tickets, but defense wins championships, right? It's because defense is more important. At the end of the day, it's can you stop the other person? Can you stop them from attacking you? Can you stop the devil, from putting those thoughts in your mind? And can you stop from believing them? Can you stop from getting emotional about decisions and things that come up in your life? Can you stop believing in false things about you that the enemy tells you? That's defense. And faith is the only way that you can consistently defend against those attacks. So just like in battle, your shield is only as good as how strong it is, right? A weak shield does nobody any good, right? Your shield is only as strong, and, and you don't really know how strong your shield is until it's been tested, right? You, you, don't, you don't know how good it is, right? You'd be, you'd be foolish, any of us would be foolish to trust something without having at least seen some sort of evidence that it can work, right? I'm not going to use this paper-thin shield. In my life experience, I know this will do nothing to protect me, right? But a sturdy shield, made of steel that they had. They knew that it worked. It's been tested. Sometimes your faith will get tested. And then you can see how strong your shield is. How strong is my faith? You know, I'm able to handle this work situation, but are you able to handle this family situation? I'm able to handle this over here. I can block this attack, but this one tests my shield a little bit. And that's why it's important to be investing into the strength of your shield, which is in this situation, the strength of your faith. Another interesting metaphor, again, this sentence, this verse is packed with great stuff. Verse 16, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Interesting that they're called flaming arrows, right? Some, you know, it's most, a lot of people are familiar with like flaming darts, but what that meant is like flaming arrows. And if you think back to this time, they would, literally light their arrows on fire and then shoot them at people because 
a normal arrow has to be a direct hit to do any damage. But if you put fire on the arrow, now you can hit a larger surface area of a target. You don't have to directly hit it, right? If, if you're really elusive and you're quick, you can dodge arrows, right? It would be hard, but you know, you could do it. But a flaming arrow, I mean, that thing can hit your leg. It's not a vital, but if it's on fire, it can burn you up. It's interesting that they talk about the devil using these flaming arrows. Because it can affect, it can do damage even if it's not a direct hit. It can hit a family member. And then the fire spreads to you. And now your faith is tested. It can hit a coworker, And now it's spreading to you. Right? He talks about in this verse using the shield to extinguish the flame. They would literally put the fire out with their shield so that it wouldn't burn up their encampment or wherever they were. So your faith not only protects you from direct hits, but it also protects you from getting burned up from all your surroundings. So you see that it covers you not just in your little bubble, but it can also cover your family. It can also cover your work. It can cover more than just you, and the stronger your faith, the more darts, the more arrows that you can extinguish. Shields are designed to be the strongest part of the armor, just like your faith is designed to be the strongest part of your Christian walk. We all mess up. The Bible says, for all have sinned. No one is perfect. But how strong is your faith? Because that's what defines you in God's eyes, not how many rules you can keep. And so often we get caught up in legalism and enforcing God's laws for him and doing things like that when that's not what he's called us to do. He's just called us to great faith. So in my opinion, in my, in the biggest issue that prevents us from this strong shield is leaning on our own understanding and our emotions. Those are the two things, and you probably fall in one of those categories. You might be one of those people that knows a lot of things, understands a lot of things, enjoys learning, loves learning things about people and events. And for those people, it's tough not to lean on your own understanding because you have most things figured out. And if you don't, you have the research skills to go figure them out. So not leaning on your own understanding is incredibly difficult for those people. The other people, you may fall in this category. You're incredibly emotional. That's a great thing. There's a lot of good emotions that come from God and that do a lot of good for people. But there's also a lot of emotions that can do harm to yourself and to other people. And if you're an overly emotional people or an overly emotional person, then you may fall into the trap of not relying on your faith, but relying on your first natural instincts of what emotion arises up. Some of those people have had to defend, fend for themselves their entire lives. They didn't grow up with some sort of guardian or parent to look out for them. Or they didn't have anyone tell them what, how to do anything. And everything they've gotten up to that point has been based off their instincts, so they're not going to turn away from it now. Those are the two hardest things. God says, trust me with it. Trust me with it. And in a time like this, the craziness going on everywhere. I mean, there's an issue about everything everywhere. In these times, it's hard not to lean on our own understanding and our emotions. We have to trust God that he's in control. So, um, 
the first thing you have to understand about faith is now that we know what it is, is, is the thing you have to know is that faith has to have roots, okay? Faith is like a tree that's planted and is only as strong as the roots that it has, okay? I tell this to the students all the time. A very common misconception amongst students is that one day they will be able to just turn on whatever they need to do to get things done. They were a C student in high school, but you know what? First day of college, all A's. Never worked a day in my life, but as soon as I graduate college, first job, best employee ever, right? And they just think, right? I, I can't clean my room, but I'm going to buy a house. I can clean it all up like that, right? Very common misconceptions that we can flip a switch and then now be what we need to be. That, faith is the same way. Faith, you have, you have to be grounded in faith. You have to have roots in faith. It's not a switch you flip whenever you come to church on Sunday and then maybe one other time when you think about it during the week. It's something you have to have roots in. You ever seen a palm tree during a hurricane? The thing's like laying sideways but still rooted in the ground. Why? Because it's not just a couple roots that go deep. It's a huge ball of roots, hundreds and thousands of them that spread over a large surface area on the ground that actually give them more stability. So it's, it's a little bit of everything. It's having strong roots in there. You don't have to understand apologetics and be able to argue with people to defend God to have deep roots. That's not, God doesn't need you to defend him. He doesn't need you to go on Facebook and defend him. I promise you. I promise you God's got it. He is the author of everything. He knows the beginning from the end. He doesn't need you to fight his battles to try to convince someone who's not open at all to a different view of opinion that what they're saying is wrong and what they're doing is sin. Doesn't need that. He needs you to ground your faith in him so that when the winds come, you may be laying sideways looking wonky, but your roots are still in the ground. And as soon as the wind's gone, you're back up. That's what grounded in faith looks like. If, you're, if you feel guilt, shame, condemnation, those aren't fruits that come from being rooted in faith. It's things like, in him I move and I live. It's, it's things like, in, in, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's, I am the head, not the tail. I am more than a conqueror. It's those affirmations that give you confidence to have roots in faith. I was going to tell you all to buckle up at the beginning because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming for your heart on this one, all right? I'm not getting there. I'm about to get there. Okay, I've been coming to church a long time, my whole life, okay? And there's one thing I noticed about church people is that church people love fresh stuff, right? They love like, I mean, it's, it, you wouldn't believe it, but church people, I mean, they love new cutting edge stuff. Uh, we've done that song three weeks in a row. Are you kidding me? It's time for a new one. Let's go, right? Or we want a fresh spin on the Bible, like, oh, I never thought of it that way, right? We want, you know, that's, that's what we've come to like, but there's no fresh way to spend that your faith is your shield against difficult times. And when the devil comes after you and attacks you, there's no fresh spin on how grounded and rooted your faith is, is the longer you can stand. And that's, that's the fact of the matter. There's no way to dress it up, no way to spice it. 
That's, it, it's, it's very black and white, and the Bible talks about it. Right? So some of those people who operate in their emotions, and sometimes that can be hard. One thing I always say to people is, you know, you know I get, I get kind of made fun of sometimes by my close friends because I don't ever make decisions like right away. I'm like, let me think about it. Let me think about it for a little bit. I always say that because I am one to get caught up in my own emotions. And I'm one to, to be like my first, you know, you know how your first instincts and first impressions usually wrong because usually you're going with the first emotion that wells up in you, right? And for me, I'm the same way. And I'm like, you know what? My first impression is usually wrong. My first thought and emotion is usually the opposite of how I should feel. So I've gotten to a habit of saying, okay, yeah, let me think about that for a little bit. That gives me time to pray about it. That gives me time to run it through the Bible filters that are there to see if the decision is what God wants me to do instead of just using your emotional response. That's not operating in faith. Sometimes we'll mix up <laughs> being strong in faith with actually being an annoying Christian. I told you, I'm coming, right? I, I, I don't know who's going to be up here next, so I'm letting it rip, right? So sometimes you have to understand that strong faith isn't being the loudest Christian in the room. Yes, does God want us to proclaim the gospel? Yes. But we don't have to be annoying about it, right? That's not grounding your faith. In fact, that's, that's not going to even make, make them come any closer to God. Showing them love and compassion and forgiveness, those are the things that make them come closer to God. This is going to sound crazy to some of you. I know. But I can actually have a level-headed, healthy, political, or religious discussion with anybody I want. I know. People are, don't talk about politics and religion. That's generally a good rule of thumb. That's not the way I like to live. I like to prod a little bit, right? I like to kind of see where people stand, what they believe. Because, again, my identity is not in me and what I think is right or wrong. I can have any conversation I want. I mean, I talk to people all the time. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm following, you know, the Buddhist principles right now. And, you know, I really think that the, there's a balance in the universe of the yin and the yang and right and wrong and dark and evil. And I'm just trying to operate in a balance somewhere. Okay. Okay. All right. You and Buddha can figure that one out together, right? Or, or people who, you know, you know yoga is my religion. Okay. Okay. You know, I, I like to meditate in yoga class where it's a thousand degrees and I'm sweating all over my mat and pouring sweat. Those, those are my moments of religion. Okay, you know, I'm glad to hear that. And, and I hope that that's getting you through some issues. But when you're going through a real issue in life and you need real strength, just letting you know, I'm a Christian. I know what I believe and I know what I believe works because I know I'd serve a living God. So you come talk to me whenever you're ready. And you'd be surprised how many times I get those people come back and talk to me. Right? I, you know, you can do it all. See, sometimes you just have to be able to let people talk. Sometimes you have to just let people explain their point of view. You have to remember, sometimes people weren't raised the same way as you. That will make them see things differently. But as long as you know your identity as a Christian, you should be able to have a conversation with anybody at any time without you getting emotional or offended. All right, this is my last point, okay? Faith comes by knowing God. So we've talked about what faith is not. I'm a big believer in talking about what things are not in addition to talking about what they are because the world out there will tell you a lot of things are what they aren't. In Romans 10, 17, it says, 
Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you ask yourself, okay, I got it. I need to be rooted in faith like the sable palm in my front yard. How can I become more rooted in faith? Well, according to Romans 10, 17, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, again, not complicated. There's no fresh take on this, but you have to get into the word of God. Okay, you guys are doing good. You're at church. I'm literally preaching to the choir, right? So you guys are doing good, but encourage those around you to do the same thing. I I hate to say this, Coming once a week to church, if that's it, it's not going to root you very far. I wish it would. I wish the one hour, one day a week would be it, and you'd be good. And you'd be like the palm tree that can stay up in any wind and any turbulent time. But it's not the truth. You have to stay involved. You have to stay plugged in. Get involved in a ministry. It may, I know it's hard right now with all the things going on, but get involved in a ministry. Get involved with helping people. Get involved in the church. That's how you become rooted. My friends tell me all the time, I've been coming to church my entire life. My friends all the time, how do you get up every Sunday morning and go to church your entire life? That makes no sense. Don't you understand? There's brunch and there's like London football games on and there's all all these other things on that you could be doing that would be much better use of their time. And I said, see, that's where where you're wrong. It's not a better use of my time because come Monday, I know I'm going to have to sink my feet into the ground and have my shield up ready to take attacks. And if I don't know that my shield can take those attacks, then I'm no good. And they don't get it because the Bible clearly says there's a higher calling for those that follow him. So I think the band's going to come up. We're going to do one more song to end the service. But as they're ending the service with this song, I want to challenge you guys to do something during worship. Um, some of you know how to operate in the spirit and, and, to, and to worship and to really enter into his presence. Some of you think they're great songs and you sing because you know you're supposed to be praising God. But I want to give you a challenge on this one. I want you to evaluate your faith. And I know that's like loaded. It's a loaded project, I know. Jason, I'm here, what do you mean? No, really evaluate your faith. How strong is it Monday to Saturday? Do you have to see the results of faith for you to have strong faith? Do you have to see God move for your faith to grow? Because even non-believers can do that. What separates you? What level is your faith at? So you have to understand, faith isn't just blind illusion that everything's going to be okay. Faith is the confidence that God will give you strength and he will give you the wisdom to prepare for the battles you have to take on. He will do it every single time. It's that confidence. You you can't hide your faith in times like this. In the times that we're living now, with what we have going on, there's no hiding your faith. You're in or out at this point. All the chips are down. The world is shaken up. Where are you at? This is your time to evaluate. If you're quick to get anxiety, these times are giving you anxiety right now. If you're quick to shut down to the world around you, these times will do that to you. Even in chaos, there's opportunity. And God will use all things for good. And do you have the faith strong enough to believe that God is even going to use these times 
for good? That's the true question. So during worship, evaluate your faith. Pray for wisdom. Pray for knowledge. Pray for understanding. God says the Holy Spirit will give you these things if you pray for them. And they will show you what you need to do to root yourself in faith. Because the winds are blowing. The fiery arrows have been launched at us. How strong is your shield? So you guys can go ahead and stand up. Use this time to turn everything over to God. To say, God, my faith is in you. You are my shield. My belief in you will prevent any type of mental issue or problem or deliberate evil thought that comes into my head to be extinguished. Use your faith. Pray for it. And you will see that God will increase when you ask for it.